don't ever buy a deed ever it's free it's part of the county land records and also it should actually be sent to you uh, if you're purchasing a property it should be sent to you from the title agency uh, about uh, a few weeks after you close whenever it gets recorded do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you if you don't know the answer or don't like the answer then this is the show for you Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Welcome back in to Complete Estate Planning. I am Ben George. He is Nick Rosenbauer, estate planning attorney and the owner of and the owner of Rosenbauer Law Office. And today we are focused on some hidden dangers from both probate and real estate. You threw me real estate today, Nick, and I was kind of like, okay, we haven't really touched on a whole lot of real estate, but I guess we're talking about today because they kind of play together because they're very similar in the way that these scams happen, right? Exactly. And you're, you're 100%, your hunch is correct there that uh, probate dealings and then uh, real estate aren't necessarily you know, extremely related. It's not, necessar- it's not necessarily two things you would think about as you know being partners or you know, very closely intertwined. But as we'll get to in a few minutes, uh, these are some problems and, and scams and threats, if you will, that are, are pretty unique, uh, both to probate and real estate. So there's one key component here for both of those that ties them together uh, and, and unfortunately makes them both, I guess, prime opportunities for the uh, for the scammers out there. Very good. We'll take you through that today, kind of explain how the scams happen, some of the common types that we see, and tips and what you can do about it if you think uh, you see anything suspicious happening. So we'll go through that today on Complete Estate Planning. We'll put this show up online at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. Plus, when you're there, you'll see right on the front page a big orange button that allows you to request a consultation for your family. You can do that today and set that up with Nick. It's very easy to schedule a call and discuss anything we talk about today or just to get your plan started. Any any questions you have, Nick's happy to answer those. And he has been doing so with a lot of people providing feedback from the podcast. We do appreciate that as well. Um, but let Nick know you heard him here. He does he does appreciate hearing from people that are, are listening. And, and, and you've been kind of surprised at how many people from really all over the country have been checking in. That's uh, that's correct. Uh, it's it's been a good surprise. Uh, but uh, all my listeners, I've had people reach out to me from Florida, from Texas, from Maine, from Wisconsin, from Illinois, from California. Uh, so it's it's been wonderful. Um, so people, if you have any questions or comments, we love to hear it. Um, we certainly love to hear it. And and also, and Ben, maybe if we, we get a few, we can do these on future episodes. If there's anyone who has a specific question that they'd like to have answered on the show, I'd be more than happy to do so. So go to our website, um, or you can send an email, info, I-N-F-O, so info at Cincinnati Estate Plan. Dot com. Uh, you can also go to our website. There's a contact us button, a uh, place for you to submit uh, a comment or a question as well. So if anyone has any questions that they'd like answered on the show, um, something I can't answer, I'd be more than happy to. All right. Very good. We do appreciate it again uh, for everybody that listens. And if you, if you do enjoy the show and think somebody else could benefit from what we talk about here, please, uh, we encourage you to share it with them and, and let them know about it. 
because, you know, the whole goal for this show is to help educate people about estate planning and to kind of help you prepare uh, to make sure your estate plan is in order and is complete. That's what Nick does every day with his clients. So jumping in today on this conversation on these hidden scams, um, you know, there's there's a lot of scams out there. We're aware of them. They have their, they're in every aspect of our life, especially with the advent of technology. There's more and more that we have to just kind of be aware of every single day. And, you know, for someone dealing with a probate case or buying or selling a house, they get bombarded a lot. I mean, if you've gone through this process, you are aware. And if you haven't, just know that this is probably going to happen. So why is this happening? How do they get your information? What can you do about it? That's what we want to talk about today. So Nick, when does this happen? Is this something that happens a lot? I know we're used to scams, but in this specific arena, is this common? Well, first off, uh, they, the, the crooks have gotten smarter as technology has grown and just as time goes on. Used to be, what was it, Ben, the old, uh, the, the, the email from the Nigerian prince, right? Who, mm-hmm. um, if you give him your bank account number, he'll send all his money from Nigeria to, to your account. Uh, he'll give you a fee just so he can get his money out of the country that's falling apart. Um, right. So it, it, it used to be if you could avoid sending your bank information to a Nigerian prince, you were safe. Uh, not, so, <laughs> not so much anymore. And when does this happen that the items we're specifically talking about today, there's, well, I mean, scams happen all the time, but some of the things we'll talk about have two main triggering events, two situations where I guess all the scammers come out of the woodwork and have all this information. Uh, The first is a probate case, and the second is when someone buys or sells a house. So that is the two times where you'll see a huge uptick, at least in the specific things we're talking about today. Okay. So I think the the next question probably anybody listening has is, is why is it happening, and why is it happening in these two specific areas? Um... Well, the the answer is the same for both of them, which is what ties them together. Probate cases and real estate transactions are both public record. Okay, that's where the problems come in. Um, this is how the scammers get your information. Mostly, it's not even people who are combing through this, but they'll use robots or computers. Uh, that automatically search through the public records uh, for new filings. Hmm. So that's what we're that's what we're talking about here. And because both situations are public record, that is why both of them, I guess, are easy targets uh, for a lot of the uh, for a lot of these scams. The public records, indeed, I've learned about that on the show. That probate is public, and people can find out exactly what you had and uh, what all's in your estate. But when we're talking about these scams and, and how these smart crooks get in and, and find your information, kind of break it down a little more detail for both the probate and the real estate side, how they actually get in and get that stuff. Well, for we'll start with probate. So okay. as we talked about, and you obviously uh, mentioned uh, for those people who listen on our show regularly, they know these proceedings for probate court uh, and the probate cases are public record. They'll show up on the probate court docket, uh, which is accessible online for most counties. Now, there are some rural counties, I'm sure, out there that uh, still use a a rotary telephone or or perhaps, you know, you have to communicate with them through Morse code. Um, But for the most part, this is online. Years, it's always been public record. See, that's the weird thing. So these are always been public record. But years ago, you had to physically drive to the clerk's desk at the courthouse and ask for a, 
a, a full transcript or a full copy of all the information for the John Smith probate case or what have you. Now, just Google it. Uh, we're here. Uh, our offices are located in Butler County, Ohio. So I can just go Google Butler County Probate Court. And there's a place on the probate court's website to click uh, search by case or search by name. Um, here's a pro tip for all those nosy people out there. <laughs> if you know someone, maybe a coworker or a neighbor or a friend of a friend who died, go to that county's probate court website, type in their name. You'll see everything, assuming that there was a probate case, of course. You'll see a copy of the will. You'll see the whole inheritance plan, the names addresses and phone numbers for the beneficiaries and family members the list of the assets you'll so you'll obviously see the amount of the estate because it'll show each asset and what it's worth whether or not there was any real estate of course because you can see the types of assets so you know if there's a house it'll say real estate located at 123 main street okay so that'll be there who gets the money, how much they got, obviously through the inheritance plan, and you'll see when it was distributed to them. Because uh, part of the information for the accounting um, is, I mean, a lot of counties require you to put the date that the check was written uh, to the person. So all of that is there. Also, uh, real estate transactions, the county land records are public record as well. Again, these have always been public record, so I'm almost saying the same Thing as I did for probate, but you used to have to go to the county land records, which are usually at the recorder's office, and look at the big deed book, right? You know, the big uh, old book that looks like it's from a, uh, you know, almost from an old church or maybe from yeah. like Lord of the Rings or something like that. Right. Um, now you can get everything online. Names, addresses, phone numbers, the sale price of the house, the new property owners, information about the mortgage, if there was a mortgage. Um, and so the deeds are available, the conveyance form information is available, and the tax bills are available for property taxes, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and if there's a mortgage, you could see the darn thing because the mortgage is recorded in the land records right along with the deed. So all the information's there. And they, of course, use these robots or computers to just scan, I don't know, every day or every minute for new filings. Hmm. That's crazy. I still, I, and still, every time you talk about all the specific details that you can find on someone, still, I can't wrap my head around that, that lack of privacy. And, and maybe it's because you're no longer in the world that it doesn't matter. But to me, even just the phone numbers and addresses of people that are still involved, still, I just feel like that's such a... a invasion of privacy. Yeah, I I don't disagree. Um, I think in a perfect world, I would say you still have to give that information because the probate court needs it, but maybe hide some of the information from the filings. Maybe you put the names, but you don't put the contact information. I don't know, redacted, I guess, uh, would, would make sense. Uh, but that's the way it is uh, all over. And Ben, they didn't, they didn't call me and ask me and say, Nick, what do you think? Uh, how should we do this? Um, <laughs> so, no, there's not a whole lot you can do about yeah. it. And I agree with you. And this is, your reaction is very common. I get a whole lot of people who their eyes bug out of their head and say, wait, what? Um, when, they, <laughs> when they find out right. about this. Um, so your, your reaction, uh, I would say, is, is common and probably common sense 
which of course is why it's not the way it works. Of course. And if you want to learn more about the probate process, we've gone through it on a few different episodes. So I encourage you to dig back through the archives. You can do it online at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com or whatever podcasting app you're using and just listen to some of those, those probate discussions and why it's important to avoid that if, if, if you do have a, a priority on privacy and some other aspects. I don't want to go down that too far. I think we've already gone in the, into the weeds a little bit too much there, Nick. So let's get back to scams, right? So even better topic. Let's talk scams again. Um, what are some of those common types that we're, we're talking about here? What can people expect might happen? The two big ones, and look, this may, I'm sure technology changes. So by the, you know, a year or two from now, depending on when you listen, this may all be obsolete. But the phone calls and the letters are still the two big boys, uh, at least in this instance. Um, The phone calls, and a lot of these are things that you may deal with regularly anyway, but they will certainly increase. Or this is a triggering event, like I said, either a a real estate transaction or a probate proceeding. Um, So the phone call, you know how it is. They'll pretend to be the IRS, maybe from the county, um, some sort of government official, a debt collector. So there's a lot of that, you know, fake uh, debt. Say, hey, your father passed away three months ago. Um, He owed $721 to the cable company. Um, We're going to put it in collections unless you pay us right now. Okay, so debt collectors, uh, real estate investors, people trying to buy distressed properties, government official, etc. It's always urgent, and they always need money from you or personal information right away. Don't respond to any of these. Maybe take down their information. I always tell people, hang up the phone. Don't give them anything. And then I would do a a separate search probably through Google or something for the organization that they said they were calling from Mm -hmm. and call the main line or the real phone number to see if it is uh, legitimate. But that's typically what you see with the phone calls. And one other thing, I guess this is a little separate, but just a pro tip if you're dealing with this when someone's passed away, uh, the family members are not responsible for debts of a deceased person. They're not personally responsible, even if it is a legitimate debt. Now, obviously, if this is legitimate, totally different scenario. If you know who the person is, you're aware of it, that's a lot different. But I'm saying for all of these scams, it's maybe something that seems a little fishy or you're not 100% sure about. But if my wife dies tomorrow, I'm not personally on the hook for her credit card debt or a car loan or something like that. Okay. So these collection agencies will try and get a family member to pay up. And I always mm. say back off on that. And even if it is a legitimate debt, you're not personally liable. So that's just a couple things to be aware of from the phone call. And you can always take a deep breath and, and call them back if you need to. Just don't give any personal information. And what they'll do is, Ben, you ever seen the one where where they call you and they're asking you for information, like they want to verify that it's you. Right. Right. (laughs) Before we take your money, please verify that we are getting it from your bank account. Yeah. And and verify your date of birth. Can you give me your date of birth and social security number? Uh, Who are you? Right. <laughs> hey, I'll add I'll add one other scam. Just you, you mentioned the Google thing. I've seen this before, not not specifically in these circumstances, maybe, but I've seen where people have taken out a Google ad and had a, and used it to promote a URL that looks very similar to where you Ooh. think you're going, but it redirects you to a page that looks exactly like where you think you're going. 
but it is a, a scam and you input your information and boom, you know, they got all your information. So just very be, just verify what you're clicking on to. There's every step of the way. There's, there's a place, something that could trip you up for sure. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up, Ben, because there's one out there that is actually commonplace that people deal with when someone passed away. So obviously, you know what everyone knows, social security number. But when someone dies, they, you know, the banks, the debt companies, everyone, the investors, uh, the investment company, they need a social security number or a substitute to use for these accounts, for these assets can't use the social of a dead person after they're gone. Right. So they'll tell you to get an EIN or tax ID uh, from the IRS. Um, it's a substitute for a social security number. They have fake websites. I'm glad you brought that up. And they're hard. It's hard to see. And they even do the search engine optimization. So even if you look, f if you Google apply for EIN online, even in the non-ad searches, the IRS shows up like third. So the legitimate option is, is option number seven on the page. And I've had a number of situations where clients have given names, birthday, date of death, address, social security number uh, for someone who's passed away. So I'm glad you brought that up um, because that's definitely a big one. Um, and that's something where people will try and do it themselves because the banker will tell them to just say, go online and get a social security number substitute. Mm -hmm. um, so be careful about that. So I probably should have added that to the list. Uh, but that's a good one. I'm, I'm impressed how real some of these look. And I got close yeah. early in my career. I almost, I almost did it one time, but I'm glad that the person who was training me caught it before I typed in any any personal information. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, even the smartest people can get tripped up. I mean, all it takes is letting your guard down for a second, and you can fall trapped to one of these. It's, it's very simple. Uh, what else, Nick, scam-wise? The letters are big. The bombardment in the mailbox. Old school, but it still happens, um, and it's no effort. So you'll get letters, someone wanting to buy the house. Companies, basically what they're doing is they're trying to buy the property on the cheap. They're trying to hit lightning in a bottle from an uninformed owner or their favorite situation is none of the kids are in town and maybe mom hasn't updated the place in years so the house needs some work and they'll try and buy the house dirt cheap when the kids don't want to mess with the house. So it's a $300,000 house. But these people are so desperate. They're out of town. No one wants the house. No one wants to clean it up. Someone comes in and offers 200 and they may not know what that market's like. They may not know it's really worth 300 um, So these people who will flip them, um, mm -hmm. what they'll do is they'll try and buy the house on the cheap, call it a distress sale. That's one. Another letter, someone offering to sell some sort of insurance product. Um, a lot of times, you see this more with a real estate transaction than probate. Um, they call it, you ever get the thing for mortgage protection insurance or mortgage yeah, payment so, yeah. insurance where they talk about all these things they'll do. It'll pay your mortgage if you get sick or if you die. It's overpriced, crappy life insurance. Pardon mm -hmm. my French. It's a bad deal. There's a lot of traps. It gets more expensive as you go along and yeah. the coverage keeps going down every single month when you make a payment 
and there's two, three pages worth of types of death that it won't cover. So I don't, hmm. I mean, I, I was looking at one the other day because my wife and I actually just moved a few months ago. And I'm looking at this, trying to think of what situation would actually pay off if we die. But it was, it, it's, a, it's a junk product. Don't do it ever. The next one is someone trying to sell you a deed to the house. And they'll use these big fancy names like a grant deed or property deed or transfer deed. Mm -hmm. And the letter will talk about how you need to have this. Usually 75 bucks to $150 and they'll send it to you. And then the, the return address will say something like property records. It'll be very official looking. Yeah. Total scam. All they're doing is they're taking your $100 and then they're downloading the free PDF copy from the website, from the county website, right. and then they're sending it to you. Don't ever buy a deed, ever. It's free. It's part of the county land records. And also, it should actually be sent to you uh, if you're purchasing a property. It should be sent to you from the title agency uh, about uh, a few weeks after you close, whenever it gets recorded. So okay. if someone's sending you something to sell you a deed, you can throw it in the trash. It's a total it's a total scam. And the other one here, this is more prevalent during a probate, someone trying to collect a debt. IRS, or a lot of it's pretending to be the IRS, uh, the county uh, property tax office. Um, there was an outstanding bill from a deceased person. Usually it's threatening short with short upcoming deadlines. Hey, if you don't pay in the next 30 days, we'll file a lawsuit or we'll come after you. A lot of times it's total garbage and very, very urgent. Again, just Google the real number of the organization, call it, see what's going on. Uh, but those are the things you normally get in the mail. They want to buy the house on the cheap. They're selling junk insurance. They're trying to sell you a free copy of the deed to your house, or they're trying to collect uh, a debt that may or may not be legitimate. Well, the list is long, and you probably don't even touch on all of them. And there, there'll be new scams, right, tomorrow or next week sure. or next year. So the biggest thing is just being aware, right? And have someone you can lean on, like your estate planning attorney, to kind of float some of these things by. Double check with someone that you can trust and, and verify these things with before you act. So let's let's kind of close it out with maybe some tips, Nick. What we can do if we see something suspicious or, you know, obviously the first thing is to ask and to check with somebody that's official that you know, but what else can we be doing to really protect ourselves? Yeah, you're exactly right. If, if you have a good attorney that you're working with or for real estate transaction, call your realtor, call the title company and say, is this legitimate? They know what's going on, um, but never give out personal information from a contact from them to you where they initiate it. So if someone calls you, um, unless you know it's legitimate, unless it's the banker at the neighborhood bank and you know their voice and you've been working with them for 15 years, always get their information and then I'd hang up and I would. And Google is so darn easy to use, Ben. You can find anything. Like it's not that hard to go to Google and type in local IRS office in right. Westchester, Ohio, or something like that, and get the phone number and call them. It's not that hard to do. Or the cable company uh, call center and make a separate call to the company verifying the number and the contact information that you found 
through an independent search. So even if they're saying, yeah, call us back at this number, don't call that number. That number is probably fake. And look, this all may be legitimate. I don't know. But it's very, very easy to get their information and look up the contact information in a separate Google search and call that number. And then you'll make sure you're talking to the real company and then they can verify it. Okay. So it's not right. hard to do. 15 years ago, you know, with net zero uh, dial up internet, this would have been a nightmare. Um, would have taken five hours to do, but it's so easy now. There's no excuse not to. And then obviously, um, I, I already mentioned talk to, you know, after talking to an attorney, I would talk to the attorney before you do this. Um, if there's any debt, especially any legitimate debt that you're aware of, call the credit card company or the debt company, let them know the person's past so the account will be frozen. There won't be any unauthorized use. Biggest concern here is for outstanding credit cards. So there may be a legitimate credit card balance, but you don't want anyone hacking the card because no one should be using the card after they've passed away. So make sure that gets frozen. Talk to the attorney before you do it. Um, and then here's a strange one for you. Um, did you know that identities of dead people can be stolen? I think I was aware of that, yeah. Yeah, so they can do that. They can file tax returns for dead people. They can open loans or credit cards. Do a credit freeze for someone who's passed away. Now, I recommend doing credit freezes anyway, but you can do a credit freeze for a deceased person. Ever since, was it Experian? That got hacked, or which was yeah, it? Or Equifax? Right. Yeah, Equifax, I think. Equifax, okay. So Equifax got hacked um, a couple years ago, right? That was a few years yeah, ago a now. And then all three of the uh, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian, I think they're all still free to freeze your credit. So go to those three websites. You have to create an account and put in your information, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then you can go ahead and freeze your credit on each of those. I recommend doing it anyway, but when someone's passed away, definitely freeze the credit of the person who's passed away, all three reporting agencies. Um, and that's very easy to do. It's free. It can be done online. So that's what I recommend. Okay. Uh, that's a lot. It's a lot. But, you know, we will, hopefully this is a very uh, helpful episode for you and one that I think can anybody can get value out of. I mean, I just just in terms of learning about scams and being aware of scams and how to uh, deal with them should you you come across something. Hopefully this will all help you. But really specifically tying into probate and, and real estate, hopefully this has been a big uh, help for you indeed. If you have questions for Nick, if you see a scam that you think might be happening and you want to get Nick's feedback or you just want to talk about estate planning in general, you can just schedule an appointment through his website, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. There's a big orange button on the front. Schedule a call with Nick. It, it'll uh, take you right there to the calendar, let you get on the calendar for him and and get that process started. And, and he's someone you can rely on uh, through this. So you don't want to be vic fall victim to this. And if you are, I mean, look, we it's all going to happen to us at some point, probably. Even the smartest people, most careful people will let their guard down at some point, probably. But just know that there are people there that can help you and can can provide support. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's it's a lot. Just like you said, the criminals are getting smarter. Um, I kind of roll my eyes and think, man, these people are so smart. Like if they were the good guys, I know. they could, they could I say do that a every lot time. Of, I say right, the same they, thing. <laughs> they Unbelievable. Were, they could do a lot of great things, but it's, it's frustrating. It's the way it is. So just be aware. 
And honestly, the biggest thing, Ben, your hunch, right? your gut instinct is a lot better than you think it is. A lot of times when I hear people, when something bad happened, they say, oh, I was a little confused. It seemed a little sketchy, but, and then they kind of went on. Um, and with Google, it's so darn easy to independently check things now. So absolutely, just keep your guard up. Understand that the letters and the calls will start rolling in when a, a property is, is bought or sold or when a probate proceeding is open. It's just going to happen. Be aware of it. Um, and if you go into it knowing that a lot of scams are coming your way, uh, I think you'll be better prepared and less vulnerable uh, to get ripped off. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Complete Estate Planning. We appreciate uh, you for doing so. If you made it this far, please subscribe to the show and, uh, and you'll have every episode right there delivered to you. You don't want to miss out on anything we talk about. We have two new shows every single month and you'll find us on every major podcasting platform plus online at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. Nick, thanks for the time as always. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely, Ben. And then uh, between now and then, just uh, the Prince of Nigeria calls, uh, <laughs> go ahead or, or send you an email. Feel free to delete it. Absolutely. All right, take care. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.